This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Cy Wilmore. This is the second series of The Journey Podcast, where we're speaking to the writers and photographers who contributed to issue two of Journey magazine. And as such, I'm joined by Shafik Meji. Morning, Shaf. How are you doing? I'm very well, Sai. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to chatting to you. Looking forward to chatting to you too. Thanks for coming. Is uh, How are things? Are you enjoying the weather? Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the heat. I'd rather not be working in the heat. And I'd rather <laughs> sure. be uh, closer, to, uh, closer to the sea rather than in uh, southeast London where I am now. But uh, no, I can't complain too much. Glad to hear it. I'm, I'm desperately working on being allowed to buy a paddling pool for the courtyard I've got just outside me, but I haven't been allowed so far. But we've got a load of dogs visiting this weekend, and I'm going to use that as an excuse to, to get the paddling pool out. So hopefully it stays nice. It seems certainly brutally hot at the moment. So yeah, yeah, it's only going to get hotter. I mean, if you get the paddling pool, I'll look forward to the invite. Of course, oh, it goes without saying. Always welcome. Always welcome. Uh, let's let's get into the podcast. Tell me a little bit about yourself, where you came from, where you studied, how you got into travel writing. Yeah, so I, so I grew up in uh, South London, um, and you know, from from a really young age, I was always obsessed with sport. Um, and after sadly, my dreams of becoming a professional footballer were oh. cruelly curtailed by uh, by a certain lack of ability. Um, <laughs> Feel you. I decided. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I decided on what I thought would be the next best thing, which would be a uh, to become a sports reporter. Sure. Um, so all through my teens, uh, while I was doing my A-levels, that's what I wanted to do. I went away to university, um, did a politics and international relations degree. Um, and then I came back to London and did a newspaper journalism uh, course at uh, City University. Um, and then started working for the Evening Standard. So I was a news and sports reporter doing, wow. you know, 
all the all the things that young reporters do at the time, kind of chasing around after stories and going to court cases and uh, you know covering football matches, covering uh, county cricket matches, and all all of these Fantastic. kind of things. Um, but kind of it's it's I suppose it's, it's the truism that um, you know kind of be careful what you wish for, and it was something that I'd always wanted to do, and I'd always built up, um, you know, built built my career around trying to do that. And then as soon as I started doing it, um, I kind of fell out of love of it a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't taken a gap year um, at that point. I'd always been, you know, my parents were always keen travellers. So I'd always had an interest in travel and we'd always been lucky to go on um, uh, holidays and, and that kind of stuff. And I'd, I'd always got a taste for it then. But I'd never taken a gap year. Uh, and, but my girlfriend at the time, while I was working at the Evening Standard, was kind of keen to, um, uh, keen to uh, um, go away. And we talked about going to India and South America. You know, and finally, you know, Wanderlust set in. Um, I resigned and I spent a year traveling around India and then backpacking around South America. Wow. And it was the best decision I ever, I ever made um, while I was in South America particularly an area I've always been fascinated with ever since reading about uh, the Inca and the Maya and uh, the Amazon and the, the, um, the Andes as a, as a child. Um, while I was there, I wrote my first pieces of travel writing um, and I was using, you know, by the end of the trip, very dog-eared copies of the Rough Guide South America, Fantastic. Lonely Planet Guides. I thought, Wow, who who writes these these books? That would be a great that would be a great job. So um, yeah, by the time I got back to got back to uh, London, um, I decided to to change careers, and that's kind of what gave me the impetus to um, to get into travel writing. Um, wow. Amazing! So it's very much you know living the dream, really. Given given what you were wanted to do when you were kind of starting out, when you'd been studying, and then as soon as you get there, the grass is always greener on the other side, and you realise that. Jack it all in and go <laughs> go running around the world for a little bit. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and 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 obviously, you know, lots of people dream of becoming a sports sports. So leaving that career sounds baffling. I know. To I know. A, you, you, um, I'm a little bit kind of questioning you right now because that's <laughs> that is the dream. Incredible. But so okay, so so you come back, you get as you say the wanderlust set in. You spent a lot of time in in Latin America, was it South America? Yeah, so I, I, I backpacked around India, kind of on the you know the, the classic backpacker route at that time. You know, Delhi down to the down to the south, and then yeah, w- travelled throughout South America for for almost for almost six months. Flew into Rio for carnival, oh. uh, travelled overland through Bolivia, hiked the Inca Trail, uh, travelled through the Atacama Desert in Chile, um, and then ended up in Argentina going all the way down to Patagonia in the south, uh, had a blast in Buenos Aires. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I was absolutely, I was absolutely hooked at that point. And, um, you know, essentially just came back because the money ran out. Um, and, you know, I was, I was desperate to, um, desperate to get back on the road again. And the bits of travel writing that I'd done at that point, um, you know, I found really rewarding and, you know, Latin America particularly is an underreported, from an English language media point of view, is an underreported region. It's a fascinating region in lots and lots of respects. There's loads of great stories out there. And so still with my journalistic hat on, I thought, I mean, you know, there's, 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 there's lots of avenues and areas and peoples and stories and histories that I want to want to explore here. So um, and that's what I tried to do um, uh, through my, through my travel writing. Now, coming back to, 
London, I thought, oh, well, this, you know, I, I was very confident, you know, I was, I was uh, obviously a bit younger then in my mid, <laughs> you know, mid, uh, mid, mid, to, mid to late 20s. And, uh, you know, I thought, oh, it would just be easy to, to um, get into the industry, given my background in journalism. Sure. And that very much wasn't the case. I, you know, I spent the best part of the year writing reams and reams of emails and letters, writing sample chapters, um, uh, making phone calls, contacting every single travel publisher um, uh, and publication that I can think of. And I only got one response, which was uh, from Lonely Planet, which was says, thanks for your letter, we'll, we'll keep it on file. And, and, that, and that was it. So kind of, you know, I was just plugging and plugging away, wrote thousands and thousands of words of sample chapters and articles and that kind of thing. Um, and then eventually I just got a email out of the blue from... Um, uh, like an editorial assistant at Rough Guides, who yeah. just joined, was sorting out some of the files and had found my unopened letter to one of the editors there, opened it up, showed it to the uh, one of the managing, ed- managing editors. Um, and yeah, she said, oh, you know, so- sorry about the delay. Are you still interested? You want to come in for a chat? And that was really what, you know, that was my that was my route into the industry. You know, I, th- I think there's, there's, you know, there's no set route in. You talk to ten travel writers, you'll have ten different routes into the industry. Hundred percent. Yeah, and, and 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 that was mine. And even then, there was a bit of luck. So I, I went in and we had a chat um, about working on the rough guide to India, which was due to be updated the uh, the following year. That was very promising, but kind of I didn't come out with any commissions or anything. Mm-hmm. And then three weeks later, um, uh, the editor got in touch. Then you, you don't know anything about Estonia do you because one of our authors on the uh the rough guide for baltic state has just fallen through and we need someone to do the estonia chapter at short notice and you know as luck would have it i just happened to have spent um you know been to estonia a couple of times quite recently (laughs) um, and was able to drop everything you know i cancelled some other work commitments and and traveled out and then my foot was in the door and then you know i'm i'm what more than 40 guidebooks later <laughs> down the line as soon as i got my foot in the door i wouldn't uh yeah i, I wouldn't leave wow i mean it sounds like I, I guess not necessarily kind of right back to to the start right because as you say you had an existing journalism background or existing journalism uh, experience expertise but it sounds very much like that kind of dogged news journalist vibe was still running strong through you in terms of just constantly banging the door yeah no absolutely i mean i, th- I think you know the one thing that you know training as a as a reporter and particularly as a news reporter teaches you just have to be absolutely dogged and persistent and you know people may not want to talk to you people may not you know you know want to uh hear from you and you just have to keep on going and keep on going to 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 get the story and i and i I think you know i definitely carried that through into into travel writing and you know this is something i always say to you know for people who are trying to break into the industry now, which can seem, you know, a daunting prospect to, to say the least. And, um, you know, as you, you know, it's not, it's not a particularly meritocratic industry necessarily, you know, it, it, it's often who, you know, um, you know, there's lots, lots of barriers there, but, you know, if you have to be persistent to, to get in, unless you're incredibly, incredibly lucky. Relentless and shameless are two of the words that I've heard in, in the kind of, needs to be in the repertoire of the freelance journalist, just constantly knock, you know, knocking on the door of these places, sending emails, not pestering people, maybe once a, once a fortnight, let's say, or once a week, chase these people up, get your, get your foot in the door of things like events and start, yeah, shamelessly putting your face out there. It seems to have worked very, very, very well for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I, th- I think, 
you know, the, the, the brutal truth is no one else will do it if you don't do it yourself. And also, you know, you can often, you know, you need to put yourself in the right position to take advantage of lucky breaks. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm often, you know, now, you know, as a, an established travel writer, I'm quite often in the position of, you know, an editor will get in touch with me saying, oh, you, we need someone to work on a guide to Southeast Asia. Do you, do you know anyone that, uh, you know, has recently traveled through Thailand or oh, we need someone with some expertise on Ecuador or do you know anyone who, you know, can write about the Greek islands or, or, or something like that. There's, there's, there's often these kind of opportunities. And it's, you know, one of the nice things about the, the job is saying, oh yeah, I know someone who'd be perfect for that. And to, you know, so, and, and if you can put yourself in editors, you know, commission editors minds, um, you know, you do that enough times, then, you know, you, you, you should be able to take advantage of, you become one the, of these the go-to guy or whatever. You become the, the guy that people think, Oh, who's going to do, Oh yeah. Shaf, Shaf will know it. Or if he doesn't, he'll probably know somebody who does and, you know, karma or pay it forward. It feels like there's many, many people in this industry that for whatever reason it is, the more work that they give out to people or they go, Oh, you should speak to this person or speak to this lady. She knows that the more work somehow comes back to them anyway. It's quite a, like, beautiful kind of karmic thing and it seems like exactly right though chef will know somebody or, or or you know chef will know it or he will know somebody and then inevitably it comes back through and i guess specifically for you you, talk, you spoke about estonia you spoke about india that kind of the foot in the door uh actually let's talk about that how somebody just said can you do estonia was that it you kind of you put yourself in the in the position of somebody my email you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, th- I think it was it was being called in for this interview, kind of out of the blue, with the 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 managing managing editor, and oh. I think you know, obviously, I made a, you know a, a good impression. We had a very good chat about India, which was somewhere else had very recent expertise in, mm. as well as family heritage. Um, but uh, and I think you know that was a perfect example of kind of just putting yourself in the right position because I was then familiar in, you know, the minds of that particular editor and some of her colleagues. And then, you know, a few, a few weeks later when a guide, you know, an opportunity came up for a completely different destination. We know we hadn't spoken about Estonia at all. Um, it was just oh well, let's just, let's just see if Shafik has got some, you know, any experience in it. It's just, you know, and, Probably, you know, would he be able to go out to, you know, at the last minutes, unlike some other other authors? And I think that was, you know, that that was it really. So, you know, obviously they could could well have come come back with a destination that I didn't know anything about at all. And then, you know, would I just have said, oh yeah, no, absolutely, I can I, I can do that. I'm the I'm the man for the job. Probably I would have said that. <laughs> that anyway. said that's a, that's yeah, a Branson just, thing, right? You say you can do it, and you work it out later. Yeah, look, if you if you know if you need me to uh, you know say I can ride a horse or you know <laughs> speak fluent German or you know something like that, yeah, you know, and particularly this, yeah, indeed, <laughs> exactly. You're going to say you're going to say it, and you know you know t- take the opportunities when they come up. Yeah, and and it, I, but even then, I was also lucky that I was able to go within like three weeks' notice. You know, um, I, I was able to rearrange. You know, I was freelance as a freelance you know news and sports reporter at the time. I was able to you know get out certain commitments that i that i had and um you know in fact i actually i, I cancelled cancelled a, a a trip i had to berlin which was just a holiday that i had at the time wow. um so you know when the opportunities come to you you know i think definitely 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 take them and i'd had like a year of 
banging my head against the uh, you know <laughs> the, the wall. So as soon as something came up, I was going to uh, jump into it. And it, you know, in retrospect, Estonia was a a, a fantastic um, country to do as my first guide because it's very small, really interesting. Um, you know, there's lots to get your teeth into, but it's kind of it's a very manageable size, and it wasn't an incredibly long, uh, long, long book. Um, uh, you know, certainly compared to India, for example, which is kind of almost right. the polar opposite in terms of, in terms of challenges. But it was a really nice route into it. And you know, and and the other thing about taking the opportunities is you you need to do a good job and you need to hit your deadlines um, as well. And yeah, so certainly coming from a journalistic background, I kind of have a morbid fear of missing. Or even approaching missing any 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 deadlines, so um, so <laughs> I think so that I guess the news journalism kind of background or, or experience is still very very strong within your soul as a even as a travel writer I guess even though let's say the the transition was complete from sports journal through to well should we say person banging the door before you became author guidebook writer. Mm. And and then once the foot in the door, the things start to happen. So we had the trip to Estonia, you had the trip to India, and you're starting to then kind of ramp up destinations and where you're traveling to. So what kind of, you know, guidebook authoring or, or otherwise, what kind of trips, what kind of work were you starting to pick up? Yeah, I mean, really after, you know, the the Estonia was my routine, then then the India guides and, you know, that, that allowed me to have a really extensive uh, trip and, a, you know, visited, you know, a huge tranche of the country and and also because i was the youngest and the new the newbie i i ended up getting some of the more remote regions some of the less uh typically touristy regions so sure. i went to gujarat ironically where where my my uh, paternal family from i was up in, in 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 bihar which is a state that is often overlooked um but it's where bodhgaya is which is where the birth of the uh, buddha found enlightenment i went up to the northeastern states which is like assam and arunachal pradesh and uh, meghalaya a lot of places that even in within india often overlooked very culturally different but they're also absolutely you know sensational places geographically in terms of the culture um you know it, it's so much scope for 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 for, from a travel writing point of view so that was that was that was great and then you know it really snowballed from the, that guide onwards and i got you know ended up getting lots of south america guides to argentina to, to chile to uh to bolivia um and you know the costa rica and so on and these really got me you know what i'd always wanted to do to spend you know extensive periods in in um in south america you know exploring you know as, as, as far have an excuse to explore as far and wide as possible to meet you know interesting people to see you know fascinating things and you know very much I think carried the journalistic kind of background with me and I think you know the principle is the same with journalism in journalism as in travel writing what's the story why is this interesting why should people read it what do people expect about a place that uh, that actually you can show maybe that isn't the case or you can show them a fresh angle to it um and uh, yeah and, and and south america and i think bolivia in particular has been very fruitful um hunting ground to me it also persuaded me to go and go and live in south america so actually you know i spent a year living in uh, in buenos aires um well, whilst doing the travel writing and that was an incredible experience a very you know an immersive experience too incredible um, it seems like you're kind of starting to close the circle now let's say so you've you've done sports journalism you've you've kind of jacked that in for a bit you've gone to latin america south america where you've you've fallen in with the fallen in love with the place i should say 
come back to go, okay, I need to make this into my career. And then you've managed to go back out there um, as a travel writer by this point to become, as you say, to enjoy all these incredible experiences, but to, to effectively become a Latin or a Latin America specialist. Does that sound about right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's kind of, I've, it, it happened kind of organically to a certain extent. I had the interest, but I also had the opportunity, you know, I had the opportunities and, you know, maybe if I'd been sent to Central Asia or to, you know, to West Africa or to, you know, Australasia or, or so, you know, maybe, maybe we'd be having a slightly different conversation now, but I was, you know, I certainly had the interest and and, and the opportunities allowed me to really develop a specialism in Latin America. Um, and also I think, you know, again, cause it, it's an underappreciated, it's an, you know, under, under covered uh, part of the world, which, um, which is a real shame, but it's a real opportunity um, if you're, if you're writing about it. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I also like South America because it allows you to approach travel writing in the broadest possible, uh, broadest possible way. So you can kind of tie in lots and lots of different issues from history and food and culture and politics and sports, um, absolutely, you know, and kind of you know, more serious issues like you know the climate emergency and you know migration and identity and all of these kind of things. You can you can kind of you, you, it, it's a rich rich hunting ground for these kind of these kind of stories um yeah and i particularly found that you know i particularly found that in in bolivia when i first went to south america i didn't really know much about bolivia at all i just i wanted to go to rio for the carnival i wanted to hike the inca trail classic gringo trail stuff and i just needed to get from from uh you know from brazil to peru in the cheapest the cheapest way and that was traveling overland through um through bolivia and kind of almost as soon as i crossed the the border into bolivia i i fell in love with the place it was just it was geographically it was so extreme you had the you know the world's largest high altitude lake in titicaca you've got the world's most biodiverse national park in the amazon uh, you've got the world's biggest salt flats uh, the Saladio uni you've got the you know the most dangerous road in the world um, the world's richest uh, silver mine, you know, I can go on and on. And these are just absolutely kind of captivating places. And that also gave me a route into um, to kind of learning a bit more about the culture and learning a bit more about the country's history and, uh, you know, a place that, uh, you know, lots of people couldn't place on a map actually had like a, has had a seismic influence on the rest of the world. Um, and so, you know, that led into me working on the Rough Guide to Bolivia and the Rough Guide to Bolivia gave me a, an excuse to visit, you know, virtually every part of the the country and do research for my my first book crossed off the map travels in Bolivia which came out um earlier this earlier this year which is like a narrative travel book and it kind of explores lots of these issues kind of the present day challenges the the tumultuous history and also some of these incredible incredible landscapes that I've um you know that, that travel writing has really given me the opportunity the opportunity to explore and it's and it's a bit like that throughout throughout the rest of south america fantastic i mean crossed off the map alludes to exactly what you've just said there right in terms of does it still feel like it's quite overlooked at least in the western hemisphere does it still feel like it's there are so many stories to be told but just haven't been 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the the, the, the the title crossed off the map comes from an apocryphal story about uh, a diplomatic spat between uh, between um, uh, Bolivia, the Bolivian uh, British ambassador in Bolivia um, and the, the president. And reportedly, uh, Queen Victoria got a map of South America and angrily crossed out Bolivia's name and <laughs> declared that Bolivia uh, does not exist. Now, this is an apocryphal story, sure. but it kind of it's, it, it, it helps really to sum up in many ways, what has happened to Bolivia in that it's in the heart of South America. It's surrounded by four, five other countries, um, but uh, you know it's it's often overlooked, not just within you know the the wider world, but often within South America itself. Yet yeah, it's an absolutely it's a fascinating place. You know, it's an incredible history that helped to you know shape the world that all of us live in, wherever you are in 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 the world. And it's also on the front line of many of the touchstone issues of the 21st century. You know, it feels a bit like the future has already arrived in 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 Bolivia. Certainly, in terms of things like the climate emergency, Absolutely. in terms of populism, the war on drugs, um, you know, indigenous rights, all of these things. Um, and uh, you know, and because it's a place that just hasn't been, you know hasn't been written about there's very very few travel books about it it's often it often only appears in travel books with travel writers hurrying through it en route to somewhere else which uh, you know and as as a you know as a as a journalist in the north and as a travel writer the opportunity to write about somewhere that's been overlooked for so long um that's got a great story to tell is you know it's just too good an opportunity to um to pass Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Stop. Definitely. So we're talking about touchstone issues, you know, things that are literally defining our generation and future generations, be it climate emergency and all the like and all the rest. We've got uh, the ability to talk about Bolivia in a way that arguably a lot of people are not talking about it. So uh, I guess at this point, enter Journey magazine, right? Because that's what you've been speaking, uh, speaking about in the latest episode or the latest issue, I should say. Tell us a bit about your story. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it, and it was it was lovely to get the opportunity to write this write about this for Journey magazine. I mean, the area that I focused on is the Bolivian Amazon. You know, most people think of uh, Bolivia as an Andean country, but a third of it lies within the Amazon basin, and within that is some of the most biodiverse, uh, you know, and biologically rich places on Earth, including Park National Medidi, which is the most biodiverse protected area on Earth. I think it has oh. around eight thousand eight hundred different species wow. uh, including roughly you know 10% of the world's bird population in in a in an area that's roughly the size of of wales um and it's also it's a place that you know 
some really good stories to tell about responsible tourism, about the positive impact that um, sustainable tourism can have, because there's some wonderful uh, eco lodges, uh, indigenous run eco lodges there, including one called Chalalan. Um, but it's also a place that's that you know is on the on the cusp, is on the brink. There's uh, major hydroelectric dams that are planned there, and lots of the other threats that threaten the you know that the we're familiar with threats to the Bolivian to the the Amazon as a whole. You can you can see in a microcosm there from from gold mining, illegal gold mining, to poaching, to uh, to uh, deforestation, to road building, and so on. So. Um, so yeah, so I, I I was able to explore all of these all of these um, uh, all of these issues via a you know a boat journey from a remote uh, rubber trading former rubber trading outpost called Ruanabake down the Beni and the Tuichi rivers to uh, into the heart of the park um, to uh, to the Chalalan Eco Lodge and um, yeah it was it, it was it was a it was nice to be able to write about kind of the full range of issues. I mean, I think that's one of the things I like about Journey magazine is that it sees travel in its fullest extent. And it's kind of, and also, you know, increasingly, I think, you know, as travel writers, we have a response to kind of give, give readers the context about the places we're visiting. Sure. You could just visit, you know, Park National Medidi purely just as a tourist and just say, are oh, these incredible birds and look, I can swim with, pink river dolphins and i can see an anaconda that's six meters long and i can see you know these you know these incredible plants such as the walking palm which literally walks across wow. the uh the 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 the, the floor the of the, floor. Um, the forest yeah. yeah so all of these incredible things you you, you could do that um but um but you know i and, I and i think i do that in in the article but i also want to say well look, this is an incredible landscape. This is an incredible ecosystem. This is important for Bolivia and it's important for all of us. It's an incredible place to visit and you can have a positive impact with your visit, but you need to know about the the context about it, you know, and, you know, hopefully, you know, you, you become infused by it and you can kind of think, well, okay, <laughs> when I'm voting in the next election, when I'm, you know, donating to charities, when I'm, you know, taking, taking action, when I'm looking at how I live my own life, you take on these kind of, these kind of issues as well fantastic so, um, travel as a force for good i think this is something that you know we talk about it a lot it absolutely gets spoken about things like green tourism ecotourism all of these things but and and folks you'll have to you'll have to read chef's piece in uh, in issue two of journey genuinely it's one of the only pieces i've read in a long time that feels like you can actually feel the, the difference that it's making, let's say. And that probably feels like a bit of a, a superlative, but genuinely read the piece. Uh, that's Journey Magazine, J-R-N-Y-M-A-G.com, or you can read a bit more about it in Crossed Off the Map. Shaf, uh, where can people buy the book? Uh, it's available in all good bookshops and some bad ones as well. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very easy to find. Um, and you can also find it uh, by my website, which is shafatmedji.com or my uh, on Twitter or Instagram, which is at Shafit Meji. Uh, I'm quite easy to track down. Fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about the the future. What's the next trip? What's the next story? What are your plans for the next couple of months? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's one, it's nice to be able to, you know, to be traveling again and to, to, be, to be able to plan trips, you know, tra- trips in the future. So I've kind of got a, you know, quite a wide range of trips coming up. Uh, one uh, is also to do with rainforests, but they're in North Wales um so uh is yeah, that a I thing know, yeah i mean it, it, it i mean yeah, i guess it rains a lot and it's got a forest so yeah i mean you know it's it sounds it it, it sounds fantastical and unbelievable but uh yeah 
yeah, they're, they're, wow. they're a rainforest in North Wales and in other parts of the UK. Oh. So I'm going to do a piece on. Uh, I'm going to do some research and a piece on a piece on that. Is that what up near Snowdon? Is it up near Snowdonia? Yeah, Park? yeah, near, near Snowdonia. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're, they're they're temperate rainforests, so they're they're, they're fascinating ecosystems. You know, I mean, you heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Welsh's. Oh, sorry, Wales's. Uh, temperate rainforests near Snowdon. Wow, incredible! Yeah, yeah. so uh, so hopefully you'll be able to read about that fairly fairly shortly. Looking a bit further further afield, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm desperate to get back to Latin America. Uh, sure. I haven't been since uh, since 2019. So uh, Guyana, which is a place that I haven't visited wow. before, is very much on my radar. Which um, I think kind of combines lots of the things that I'm interested in. <laughs> in incredible incredible scenery, underexplored scenery, uh, but also it's a very interesting time. Uh, politically and socially there um and it, kind of the fight the final place is somewhere that you know i think like lots of us you know travel writers and people people generally you know that we had lots of trips planned for 2020 that just that that never came off so i mean one of the ones that i'd had planned that i, I obviously wasn't able to do because of the pandemic was to to go to bosnia uh, because wow. uh because 2020 was the uh, 25th anniversary of the peace accords um, and my sister has done a lot of traveling through that region in the, the past and has always come back with some fascinating stories. So, um, so yeah, so I, so I was keen to get out there then. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get out there um, a bit later in the year to, um, yeah, to kind of do a bit of reporting. Fantastic. Sounds like it's a busy, busy few months ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But busy in a nice way. Exactly. And, and busy in a way that we've not really had for, for two years, I guess so. Yeah. frantically catching up on travel is, is obviously a wonderful thing right now yeah let's absolutely. get a little bit let's get uh, almost altruistic for a minute as we kind of draw to a close um you've obviously had a phenomenal career moving from you know you've done it all in some ways chef you've gone from sports and news through to travel writing through to guidebook author through to author author let's say uh what advice would you give to somebody starting out in the industry if they wanted to become a travel writer or photographer yeah i mean as we touched on earlier Sadly, it's you know it's it, it can often be you know seen quite a daunting and difficult industry to break in, and there aren't traditional routes in uh, as there are in other other sure. industries. I mean, speaking from my own experience, I mean persistence and <laughs> being dogged, dogged, and yeah. having a uh, you know a thick skin and just keeping going, uh, and, and kind of you know making people aware of you as much as possible without being too annoying and kind of putting yourself in the position to be able to take advantage of, you know, the lucky breaks and kind of, kind of good fortune that, um, you know, that, 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 that will, that will come or uh, come to you. I mean, I think more generally, once you start to get, get um, opportunities, I would say, you know, look, look at, look at places and peoples and stories that have kind of been overlooked or discarded, Definitely. you know, because they're, they're often the most interesting places to write about. And you can often say something fresh and new, you know, and without being too pretentious, even something important um, about them. And kind of in terms of research, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a journalist, I'm a hack at heart, <laughs> and I take copious notes. I take absolutely copious notes. Yep. And I try and interview people, as many people, as many interesting people as I can, however tangentially they're related to, to travel. Um, because I think, you know, human story, whatever you're writing about, whatever you're writing about, human story. It's always about people at uh, the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lovely way into um, to when you're writing pieces and they often kind of um, uh, give you give you ideas. And I often find, you know, 
talking to people and doing these interviews, sometimes you don't use them uh, initially. Sometimes it's a couple of years down the line. Sometimes world events or interests or trends change and Come there's suddenly more, more. Yeah. So I would, I, I would do, you know, I, I would, I, I do that as much as possible. Is that, are you a pen uh, and paper man or a dictaphone man or otherwise? Um, I take, I, well, both, I mean, you know, I'm probably one of a dying breed. So I still do have shorthand for my, um, do you know, uh, what? I, I took my T-line uh, shorthand certificate, got the certificate, was delighted, haven't used it since. Terrible. <laughs> 12 well, I mean, years, never used it once. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I think I was probably at 100 words per minute for precisely one occasion, which was to pass <laughs> the test. The test yeah. And then it has never <laughs> been as good since. So um, <laughs> so I now use kind of a, you know, a, like a, a, a when I'm taking notes, when I'm out, you know, out on research i take a mix of shorthand and kind of my like own medgy text kind of thing indeed indeed yeah. it's, it's unintelligible to anyone else and <laughs> quite often to me as well um but uh yeah but and and but you know certainly doing longer interviews i always like to have um you know uh take dictaphone recordings as well um just because also you want to hit you know when you're writing the color pieces back you know and, well what do they sound like and what was the background what was the music going on what was the the street scene what was the you Absolutely. know absolutely it, it, it all provide, you know. I think sounds are a wonderful way for jogging, jogging the uh, the memories. So, so I kind of I, I do both, and I try and write that, and then I try and write up the notes, which is always, you know, arduous and and, and you know, and no fun. But kind of, it's definitely writing up the notes while they're fresh in the memory is definitely very beneficial. You know, it, it, it was crucial for writing crossed off the map. It was absolutely yeah, of course, crucial because you know, really in the early stages when I was just kind of fleshing out the idea and I was doing the research trips for rough guides i thought you know what this is an interesting story i don't quite know where i'll i don't know what i'll do with it but you know let's take some notes down let's talk to you know this guide about this this issue and then you know sometimes you get months or years later you're able to to use it and even and the, sorry carry on oh well, i was going to say the very final the final um uh, uh recommendation or suggestion in some ways is the most important never miss a deadline absolutely never miss a deadline be you know be a good person to work with yeah, and if I'm that do the simple things. I think there's something that always comes up. You know, webinars. We've done plenty of those over the last years, especially during the last two years. Um, and things like it's the same in sport. It always it always comes down to sport analogies. But do the simple things well. If you're a footballer, make a nice pass. Make a simple tackle if you can make a simple tackle. If you're a travel writer, be nice, be polite, never miss a deadline. All of these things that. It feels stupid to even say them sometimes, but you're absolutely right, Shafiq. They are crucial because people will come back time and time again if they know you're a safe pair of hands, effectively. Yeah, definitely. And it, and it's also, it's uh, it, it, travel writing and certainly being a freelancer, probably being a freelancer in, in the industry, there's often the tendency to see it as a zero-sum game, <laughs> kind of a dog eat dog. And sure. you no, know, you certainly got to be persistent and you certainly got to go out there and try and get jobs. But actually, you know, there's a community out there and that, you know, being good to work with, being a good colleague as well, passing on opportunities. You know, sometimes opportunities may not be suitable for you. Sometimes, you know, you're just not able to do them for whatever reason. It, it will come back to you, you know. Pay it forward and it inevitably comes back. Exactly right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Shaf. Thank you. Uh, that's Shafik Meji. Where, where can people find you online, Shaf? So I'm, I'm easy to find online if you can spell my name. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there, there, I think there's only one Shafik Meji as a travel writer. Um, well, so you, yeah, so yeah, I was going to say you told me earlier that it rhymes with traffic and edgy, right? So maybe that will stick in the minds of people. If you're looking for Shafik Meji, it rhymes with traffic edgy. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's an that's an easy way to remember it. So uh yeah, shafitmeji.com, but probably if you put in travel and shafik, I generally come up. Shafitmeji.com and uh, the same on uh, Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and all of those uh, all of those channels. Fantastic. And crossed off the map is available from all good and bad bookstores, you say. Yeah, crossed off the map, travels in Bolivia, are widely available now in the UK and US, Canada and overseas as well. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Shafik. Oh, my pleasure. It's been a uh, yeah, wonderful chatting to you. Likewise. You've been listening to The Journey Podcast, which is available at journeymag.com. That's J-R-N-Y-M-A-G.com or wherever you usually access your podcasts. I'm Sai Wilmore and thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.